This has been sitting on my desk for a couple months. I thought it was cool. I never knew what I was going to um, do with this, but now I know what I'm going to do with it. What are you going to do with it? It's a gift for you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. My son will probably love it. A gift for the guest. I like that. Just make that a thing. It felt... Um, do any podcasts do that? Gifts for the guest. This guests? one does. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah, it was, I think a lot of the dudes just give away... Like, if I had a book, I'd give it to you and be like, here, Pat, this is yours. Check Here's out my, my book. book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When are you going to write a book, Savon? I've written two books. Have you? What is your books? I have. Uh, it's a, that's for a different show. <laughs> oh, shit. So today is Halloween. Have you, have you, have you listened to the podcast, uh, My Father Wrote a Porno? No. Oh, you have to listen to it. It's this, so it's this kid who's, well, it's not a kid, he's an adult, but his, he found out like later in life, his dad's like late 60s, decides to write some erotic novels. And they're ridiculous. And so he reads the erotic novel on the show. He reads chapter to chapter. My dad. Um, my dad wrote a porno. Wait, is this John G? No, John no, G? no. Oh. No, but John G actually did tell me to listen to it. But oh, okay. him and his three friends sit together and they read through the dad's chapters and make commentary on it, kind of like Mystery Science Theater. It's mm. really funny. I had this friend in, um, in, co- in college named Greg Shields. And uh, we hosted a public access show together. And he was the kind of guy who would do anything. Like we would go down to the beach and he'd wear a Speedo. You know what I mean? Like in college, you know, and like, and it worked for him. Like, and he would be funny. He'd wear a Speedo and a headband and have like a boom box on his shoulder. And he'd go home with three girls. You know what I mean? And yeah. no one else was dressing like that. Everyone else was in the Hurley board shorts and trying to be cool. Yeah. And uh, I, when Leaf talks, I can't hear him. That's, can't not, that's not good. I mean, I can hear when I don't have my headphones on. Yeah, I don't. Ha- oh, there you go. I love Vista TV. He could just do anything. The world was his. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he could, he, and you're that kind of guy too. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Like you don't, it seems like, like you don't care. Like, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> See, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, like, like, you know what I mean? Like you would, like, you could wake up one morning and be like, Hey, I'm going to dress like Richard Simmons today and wear oh, a full yeah, body yeah. suit, like with the veins. And like, you seen that guy. And then the next day you could come in a tux. Oh. Like you don't have a, um, a particular style, if you will. Or, but it's more than that. You have a certain freedom in the world. <laughs> it's like an air of confidence. Yes, that I don't think a lot of people have. Oh, but, I appreciate that. I think I think I got that from my enabling mother. Um, my mother told me I could never do any wrong. And uh, so I grew up thinking I could never do any wrong. Uh, and I realized that there's, there's some positives to that in the sense that I don't really care about what other people think. But there's definitely some negatives to where I need to start can, caring about what some people think. But yeah, that's that's a in my mind, a product. That's why I appreciate that. And um, it's also, you've always been a pretty big personality because of that too, even if you don't want to be. Like sometimes you can be loud even if you're not being loud. Yeah. That's also been something I've had to work through throughout my life. And I think it's it's been good in some instances and I've <coughs> I've got a lot of things from that. But I think there's other instances in my life where it's, it's stunted my, say, uh, my growth within organizations. So even within CrossFit as an organization or within other places that I've worked, it's it because it's so loud and I, I didn't really care what other people thought, it would rub some people the wrong way. And it was it's something I've had to overcome and it's still something I deal with in almost every conversation I have. Is is it um as you get older, is it just how old are you? Thirty one. As you get how old are you, Matt? Damn. Thirty two. Gotcha. <laughs> wow. Uh <laughs> As as you get older, is it just sort of um, tapering off anyway? Is it just are you get are you getting more mellow or more? I don't know um, if I'm tapering off, but I'm learning how to be more effective with it. Um, there's definitely times where 
I will forget that I need to kind of tame things back a little to be more effective in a situation and realize that by, because I, I want to be in any given situation, I want to be the most effective I can be at, at either being good with the people I'm around or eliciting change in whatever instance that I'm in. And the only way to do that is to be able to give the people around me whatever they need in a way they can hear it. And I, I always had one way of going about it. And it's like, hey, no, I have the answer. Like, listen to me. And that doesn't work in every situation. So as I age, I'm learning not necessarily to not do that, but just more effective ways of having that same communication. So to be effective without compromising your authenticity. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's good. Because some people will be like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, this is who I am and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You can be different and still be authentic. Totally. But, but I mean, maybe you can speak to this having, I mean, you too, is having children like change that in your life? Did getting married change that? Or is it just with age you think you've developed that? For me, it was 100% kids. And I don't know if it corresponded with my age thing, but for me, it was like I had kids and it was right at right around 30 I had kids. And, and it, that's the time that I started to really reflect upon who I was because all my bad habits immediately got built into the kids. You know, like anything I do that's that I don't consider to be particularly advantageous in every situation, I can see growing in a five-year-old kid, like almost immediately. It's a perfect mirror. So I would notice tendencies of mine that I was like, oh, that's just my thing. And then he's just being a little asshole. And I'm like, that's me being a little asshole. It's not him. It's so it's like, it's this perfect reflection, which forced me to look at myself. So for me, it was kids. I'm really questioning who I am today. (laughs) But wait, Um, how old is Oaks? Oaks is five now. Yeah. And you're 30. I'm 30. I'll be 32 in January, January 5th. So, but you had like, kids when you were 30. I had kids when I was thir- or just before 30, <laughs> so like 27. We have uh, we have Leif Edmondson uh, sitting in today. He is the head of publishing at CrossFit Inc. We have Pat Barber who um, has worn many hats in the CrossFit community, and um, many, many, many people know him from being on the CrossFit L1 team mm-hmm. and changing people's lives. Um, he has, oh man, another one dressed like me. Jesus. Uh, Pat is probably in the, you know, you know, if you think of the, the Simpsons, how it starts showing all the different characters in the beginning, Pat would definitely be one of those characters. He's been around long enough and knows enough people that he's. He's uh, which he, character? He yeah. could be the school bus driver or whatever. I, he could be. Oh, I'll, I'll take. I'll take the school bus driver, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we have Matt Bischel uh, here, who um, runs CrossFit social media and um, is still vying for the job as co-host of the podcast. Brand. And we have um, Eric Maciel. Uh, also here as normal, um, doing the sound. Please send all your complaints about the sound to eric <laughs> how do you spell that one just to see eric at crossfit stop dming <laughs> me about the sound and send it to eric uh charge it up nice. speaking about being effective in 2008 mm-hmm. you took fourth place i did at the crossfit games i did um, I think it was Jason Kalipa, first place, Josh Everett, second place, Jeremy Teal, third, third place, and fourth place was you. <laughs> yeah. Is that the fittest you've ever been? No. I think the fittest I've ever been would have been maybe the year I was competing for teams, 
was a, a really good year, the 2014, I would say. Yeah, Not 14. 15, but f- 15, I, I mean, we, we did well at the games, but 14, I think I was some of the fittest I've ever been. 2011, I think I was also quite fit. That was a good year for me. Um, 2008, I mean, I think relatively to the other competitors, I was I was quite fit. Uh, that was a fun year. As you know, that's the year you made your docu- documentary, uh, Every Second Counts, which... To this day, I laugh about the fact that I didn't know I was on the cover of the movie until the movie came out. It was like, surprise, you're on the cover of the movie. And I was like, thanks, man. Did so, you get lucky? Did that year play to your strengths? That year, of course, played to my strengths. It was pretty funny, though, because beforehand, I don't know if, if uh, Savannah remembers this, but like, I asked Tony. I was like, guys, Tony and, and Dave, like, how do you think I'm going to do? You know, like, I'm, I'm really excited to do it. And uh, <laughs> they were like, you won't place anywhere near the top 30. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for the confidence. And it was like, <laughs> I so, remember that. Yeah. And like, I remember and that. You, you had even been like, hey, should we, should we follow Pat around? You know, like you'd thrown the idea right, out. Right. And they were like, no, no, no. He's not going to, he's going to do horrible. And I think I beat everyone who you filmed other than Josh, right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. Uh, it was, I was like, screw you guys. <laughs> but it was, I, I didn't know it was going <laughs> to do well that year. It was just. What place were you in going into the final event? I was in. Like six or something like that. And I think. so you actually moved up a place. I think I did. I think I moved up two places or something. Like and and how much did you weigh? I weighed 155 pounds. So that was a body weight clean. And that was at and the, the time. Fi- and the final event was 30 full clean and jerks at 155. So it was so grace. It was squat clean grace. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. How- that was a nightmare. I remember when they were demoing that, I, I watched it and was like, well, I'm going to get four of those. And then just lie on the ground for a while. Yeah. I remember watching Spielers. How, how far back were you to start before after Spiel started? You were in the corner. Yeah, I you were I, deep. You were deep. I was. I think. I, I mean, I was like, like I said, it's like six places back. So uh, I watched Chris go for like a minute and a half, and he was like eleven or twelve in by the time we all started. And then it was a rel- relatively only like twenty seconds between the next few of us. And and did you compete in the two thousand nine games? Two thousand nine games, I compete. Compet- Competitive, yes. I competed. Uh, I uh, competed with uh, my wife. Well, I competed in 2009 because we got the free bid into the games uh, from qualifying the year before. Remember, you guys used to do that. Um, and so I came in, but I had met my wife, my now wife, like two weeks before, and we'd hung out for like two straight weeks and just not really trained. Just like I know out. what you did. I know. I know what you did. <laughs> No, 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 we didn't do that. We just, we literally, we literally just hung out for like two straight weeks. And, and by the time the games hit, we were that, if everyone remembers the like 2009 games, that was like survival of the fittest. Yeah. It was, it was, it went from, you know, four workouts and one day to just destruction. I remember across that first, time. The first day though, nine yeah. games. Oh, arguably one of the toughest. Oh my God. It was brutal. And people were devastated. Well, I mean, I got to the end of that. We were doing, what was that workout? It was the wall ball, high wall ball and, and snatches, light snatches, 75 pounds. Oh, yep. Yeah. And, and it was like, I, I remember taking my last snatch and I was so f- angry and in pain. I just threw it was on the ground. Best, was this your best event? Uh, that year, that year, the the sandbag climb yeah that was a good one for me that that hurt real bad uh we did a false start on the first one and then i should i showed up to the skate park the other day and um there was a, there they have a half pipe there 
and there was a guy in there and I could see him from the back. I'm like, whoa, that dude's a fucking hoss. <laughs> and then it turned around and it was you. It, it, we were, I was skating some. It was, and yeah, and you looked buff. Like when Thanks, I look bro. at you now, you don't look buff. But like when I, when I know it's you, I guess I like, I don't make you buff when I know it's you. But when, I see, but when I see you from far away and I don't know it's you, I'm like, fuck, that dude's buff. And then turn around, it's Pat Barber. Like, <laughs> I, think the, I think the vest makes him look smaller. I mean, well, maybe that's, that's what, what it is. is. It's, it's shrinking me. I, I mean, they do you that went in to, general. You went to say it, but I don't know if they all heard like, it's Halloween right now. And. And uh, everyone in the office decided to come as Savant. So we're all wearing vests and glasses and looking badass. Even Eric. Even uh, Eric. And Eric's dressed yeah. as Deadpool with a vest and glasses. And, so, and actually, and actually like, it's, it's, it's I don't impressive. like to correct a guess, but, but my name is Sevon. No, Seven. Right. It's Seven Matosian. Yeah, so you're hurt. Yeah, that was that was so fun. That Because I like... My my strengths are shorter workouts. I made up that nickname for you, man. Yes, you did. You gave me the did nickname you? Animal. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. I didn't that was know back that when either. I was 23. This is a, what? Oh, man, that's old. Um, coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, it'll wait. come out. Were you disappointed in your performance in 2009? Did you think no. when, no, no after no, no. 2008, you weren't like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to win this thing someday? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I know the people around me, and I they were just, badass i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever put in the amount of effort necessary to win the games i i and i've known that every single time that i've ever competed like i took it as something really fun that i could excel in and and i i know that i'm not gonna be the guy on the top of the podium unless i put you know a full chunk of effort in and i, ne- I never did going into the games the 2008 games the fittest people in the world were basically spieler and opt i'm i'm, I'm really you know what i mean like According to the internet, like yeah, yeah, you, you f- watch them. Everyone looked at their videos. Everyone looked yep. at their workouts, and then you show up and take the test, mm-hmm. and and you beat those guys. Mm-hmm. You beat a ton of guys who who were the names. You yeah. know, um, was that? It felt amazing. I mean, yeah, like, was that like mind boggling? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it, when when Tony and Dave had said like, "Oh yeah, you're not going to do great." I mean, I I took that on board. It's like, oh, truth, you know, like that. They know what's happening. They know where I stand and all this. And by that point in time, you really didn't know where you stood with regards to other top level athletes. These days, there's a lot more stats out there, and you can measure yourself up a little bit better because there's standards being held. Back then, it was the Wild West, so you have no idea where you stand. So going into it, I I thought I was well below all these guys, but you know. It was also one of the first years that I realized that the actual game day competition is so different than training. You know, training, you can only go so hard because there's nothing really on the line. I mean, I'm more than willing to die if Matt and I are going head to head in a training day. But come game time, it's like there's this switch that flips for certain people. And for me, game time is 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 I'm a significantly better athlete than in my training. And uh, that was the first year that I ever saw that. So when I walked away from the 2008 games, I was like, I was really pumped, you know, like it was, it was really exciting. Um, People do say that people will say over and over and over the best athletes will say the best training you can get in the world is at the CrossFit games. You'll see it brings something out of you. You'll, you won't see anywhere else. You can't mimic it anywhere else. I wouldn't say the best training with the best, but the best expression of your training. Yes, for sure. Like, because you're not garnering that much adaptation from that event, but you're definitely, you're definitely expressing the truest of your ability. Um, and because it's a, it's a coupling of both the physical and the psychological. And you'll see these athletes who are, who are not that they're new to the sport and they have these physical feats that they've performed in training that are just amazing. Then they show up to the games and it's just, 
and they don't know how to monitor their own energy. They don't know how to uh, manage it throughout an entire event or play the game with the people next to them. And that's what the the truly great people in this sport know how to do. It's it's not that they're just physically dominant. Does anyone, also, does anyone come to mind who who who? I like how you want to bring a name into this. Uh, <laughs> you can you can see it with a lot of the the I would say the vast majority of the rookies who come into the game the game like you'll see day one and day two uh, on both men and women's sides you'll see different names in the top because either they excelled at the individual events or they literally just redlined the entire event whatever it may have been and then very rapidly you'll see them drop off but I think it's it's more telling to to see like. At the end of the the weekend, there's, it's the same group of people up there because they have the experience under their belt to psychologically not burn themselves out on the first couple of events, but still have the physicality to hang in there as, as long as they need to. Uh, Josh Bridges, I was watching a rough cut of the behind the scenes and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, okay, I did that first mile in sub six minutes, rookie move. Yeah, you know, exactly. About yeah, the yeah. opening event. But yeah. it was pretty unheard of in 08 to do three <laughs> events in one day, right? Right, which so was like, way more... I mean, of... it was kind of like everybody was a rookie in that regard, right? Yep, yep. You say that. But I think I think uh, some people had been athletes before that and knew how to compete. Um, and some people were just... And you had an athletic background. You played volleyball and water polo or... No, I, that was Maddie. Maddie played water polo already. Okay, water polo. Um, I played volleyball. I played soccer, baseball, surfed, skate, snowboard, um, pretty much anything. You, um, when I hear you talk just now about um, when I asked you if the CrossFit Games, you know, where we were just talking about the CrossFit Games being the best training an athlete can get, and you said, no, not necessarily the best training because it doesn't garner the best adaptation. I'm like, ah, it reminds me all of a sudden again, you are an L1 trainer. You're one of the 175 or so, yeah. in my mind, best trainers in the world. You travel the world making a living sharing the CrossFit methodology. Yep. How did that happen? How did, how did you get on that team? Yeah, man, I... I got lucky. I mean, anybody who gets on these days, they That's know it's That's not true, like, by the way. <laughs> Pat did not get lucky. He's I, amazing. I, no, but I, I got lucky of when I got in. So, so One more thing. Your big personality is perfect for that. It works well. Oh, my God. Not, thanks, As man. a coach <laughs> and as a, someone who shares information, it's so easy to get information from you. You give it to people. But sorry, yeah, go I, on. You got me my first muscle up. Boom. I mean, I'll never forget that. Damn. Boom. Thanks, man. Are you fitter than Pat? Can you beat Pat in workouts? No. Oh. Hmm. There's things he can beat me in. <laughs> that's a, the guy who says that's always the fitter guy. That's something like Matt would say to me. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> Okay, so how did you get on the L1 team? Uh, I was kind of right place. Well, not right place. So my first job for CrossFit was filming and editing video, right? So I, I started... Was it just me, you, Carrie, and Tony Budding, or just the four of us were on the media team? We were point? the media team, Yeah, bro. just the four of us. Well, yeah. it was just me and Tony, and then you and Carrie came in to film you, that initial movie. You were on the media team before I was? Yeah, bro. I always say I was the second person on the media no, team. No, 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 no. And like I, I got hired on to be on <coughs> holding the camera for a Charlottesville seminar. Uh, what year? 2006, 2007? Yeah, I think if you were six, you were a little... I think I was like right at uh, December of 2006 is when I came on. So basically we get, 2006, 2007. We got to figure it out. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll go back in there because you might have been... I, I mean... Either way, is that the one with Andy Hendel was doing the the med yes. ball? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I, rem yeah. I remember the video. So that that was the first one. They were like, uh, I had quit my job working at room service uh, in Seascape at Seascape Resort. Okay, and I drove by the the gym and uh, I hadn't worked out in a while. And Tony was there, and I came in. And I was like, I just quit my job. He's like, you know how to edit video? I was like, nah. Um, take, taking it back. There's me. Wow, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's that's, that's you, and you and I. I. We look yeah, so young. 
their training. Amazing. Holy cow. Okay. I think that's at uh, One World. Look at that motorcycle in the back. I wonder what that is. Anyway, uh, but but I had just been uh, winning in training. He's like, you know how I edit video? And I was like, nah, but I can learn. So he sat me down in front of an Annie Sakamoto video that he had filmed on his computer with like a Final Cut uh, Express. Well, oh, seven. Okay. It was like seven... The light, the light, yeah, because we nine dollar exactly because we didn't have we we couldn't buy <laughs> the, the big TV. one, and he's like, well, this I want you to put these two clips side by side, and that was my start. Is I like I just sat there for like ten hours. I knew the blade tool, and that's it. And it was like researching and figuring out how to line up clips and do all that stuff. So I made that video and then started editing videos, and then they needed another cameraman for a seminar. And they were like, you want to come out? I was like, sure. They're like, we can't pay you, but we can fly you out and do all that stuff. I'm like, cool. So I had like. <laughs> So I started flying around to the different seminars, uh, filming video and going home and editing it. And by and, that time, and back then, Greg was teaching a bunch of them. Greg was te teaching a bunch of them. The whole team was teaching them. Nicole, was great. Dave, yeah. And okay. then we'd fly out every, almost every time. You'd have you'd have like random specialists there, like Buddy Lee would be there, the jump rope guy. Right. And you'd have Ripito would show up, or right. or you'd have Bergner there and Ripito there and the Buddy Lee guy, and like right. it was just this mishmash of every. Or, yeah, Hackleman, yeah, Hackleman would be there. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, but I started, I mean, if you remember filming back then, it wasn't like, okay, here's the shot we need. Here's what we're going to do. It was like, okay, you're going to film two straight days. Yes. You're going to film every lecture start to finish. You're going to mic up every single group and you're just going to get constant footage. And I don't know if you guys do that nowadays. It seems like it's a lot more focused. Right. But, uh, and then you go home and you're like, what do we have? And you're like, no idea. <laughs> and there's no like marks on the footage or anything like that. It was all analog of the, or the, on the tape, on the tapes yep. and you'd uh, upload the tapes and then you'd sit through. And I, I, my job was to sort through like for hours, like 24 hours worth of footage. And what did find you, used to, what did you used to clip. do? Did you used to, did you used to smoke cigarettes when you edited? <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, right. no, I Just did not checking. do that. And did you eat anything bad? Hot tamales? Like, what did you do? Did you have anything that you did while you were editing that like, like that's on CrossFit? Oh, I mean, back then the nutrition, nutrition thing was I was so young and I had just got into trying out the zone. So I was zoning horrible foods. So my idea was like, I would put all these shitty foods in the zone proportion. So right. they were like, you can eat whatever you want. You just have to put it in these proportions. I'm like, fine. Just go so to it McDonald's like, and chop that shit. Yeah, up. exactly. It was like Pringle. It was like a Pringles. Like a, a, I knew uh, Coors Light is three grams of carbohydrates. I didn't take into the fact that it's ethanol and not, not just straight carbs. You know, so like I'm having three Coors Lights for one block of carbohydrates with a stack of Pringles, a slice of steak, and a shot of canola oil. You know, what, like, what, what's, this ethanol, what's this ethanol <laughs> stuff you're talking about? What are you talking about there? Well, just the the, the different ways that sugars break down so alcohol is ethanol it's it, it breaks down differently than glucose so glucose is, is that bad what is that bad yeah i it depends on what you're doing uh, so like if if you know, like if you, if you, I don't know, you don't know. Okay. I don't know. You don't, <laughs> don't want to know. I'm not sure. If I, I'm not sure if I want to know. So in order for your body to process ethanol, so you've got like proteins, fat, carbohydrates, right? Mm -hmm. And then and in carbohydrates, generally it breaks down as into glucose uh, and gets stored in, or in your muscle and your liver and all that fun stuff, your glycogen stores. Uh, ethanol, alcohol is a whole different thing <laughs> so it's a carbohydrate but it's it 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 has to get processed first before it your body can do anything else so if you have alcohol as well as other food your body is gonna try to just basically store all the other food and this is not perfect science but it and then it's going to just process 
the alcohol, the ethanol, because it's a poison. So that's why you get drunk is because you're getting poisoned. And where does it process it in the liver? Yes. And that's why the liver goes out on alcoholics. Yes. Uh, Shit. But, but yeah, so like there's arguments out there where like, if you're going to drink, just drink, don't, don't eat and drink at the same time if you're looking to do stuff or, but that's, that's not my expert world it's right just how many minutes I... are we into the podcast that's an important okay yeah 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 that's an instagram that's a but that, i i would not i like that put my just name on it drink. No, and no, no, get, no 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 and no. you'll get drunk faster <laughs> exactly nothing to soak up the liquor so you're we're going to get back to you're on the media team i'm on the media and team how does this end up to becoming an l1 trainer gotcha so i'm i'm flying around all these seminars and i'm filming and i'm uh just going home and editing all the footage and i'm watching some of the world's best coaches right i'm getting greg glassman from greg glassman and i'm watching him and i'm watching his lectures and i'm this through osmosis this stuff's just being pushed into my head like i'm not a particularly studious human being so i never considered myself very intelligent and uh through constantly watching all this stuff i found i had all the information um, that didn't mean I could use the information, but uh, I was a volleyball coach as well, and I wanted to start coaching CrossFit. And I had this big long meeting with Tony, and Tony's like, "Hey, you know, you can do it, man, and we'll get you a level one, but you got to understand, like, this is a serious job." And like, we went into the whole piece, and finally, I ended up getting gifted my level one. And uh, after that, I, I I started to get into the world a bit, and then I put my hand up and I was like, "Hey, can I potentially be on staff?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure, you can try out to be on staff." Uh, and I was coaching at CrossFit Santa Cruz at the time, uh, which was which we, when the original CrossFit Santa Cruz had split up and broke into the different factions. Uh, Mally and Greg Amundsen had gone over on the west side and started kept the name CrossFit Santa Cruz. And Danielle and Hollis Malloy went over there, which is Leaf's uh, wife. Oh, Hollis uh, or Danielle? Hollis. Um, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And... Uh, and so He's I got, partner. I got, partner. I got to go over, I got to go over there and run a couple classes. Uh, and I was a horrible coach. I like, I didn't know how to make people do stuff that I just inherently knew how to do. Cause I was an athlete. Um, and I started to get more comfort with the, the CrossFit coaching cause it was different movements than volleyball, obviously. Uh, and then I, I put my hand up, like I said, and asked if I could try out to be on staff and they're like, sure, why not? Who did you ask? I asked Dave and Nicole. So I, I asked Tony if I could ask Dave and Nicole, and then I asked Dave and Nicole. 2000? Late seven, eight, right wow. around there. Yeah. Wow. It was it was early. Um, and uh, back then, we didn't really have set manuals of like, this is how you do it. You know, like right. this, is, this is the lectures. So like my first real experience was actually, they were like, do you think you could this next weekend give the new – the nutrition lecture because I had done the zone a bunch and, and that was the primary focus behind the nutrition lecture at the time. And I was like, ah, you know, like <laughs> I, I guess. So then what I so had just to do, thrown into the fire, just thrown in the fire. And, and, and I had to like watch. And so I, I helped out with one of Nicole's lectures at first and like kind of weighed in on the, the zone portion of it and then watched her whole lecture and wrote everything down and tried to mimic that the next weekend. And, uh, and it, it was just the trial by fire there. But I remember my actual first group coaching that I had to do. And I had Dave and Nicole with clipboards right behind me. <laughs> like, like, so they're like, okay, now you're going to go teach this group to squat. And I'm like, <laughs> and I could get out there and I'm trying to teach these guys a squat. And what I've gym got, was this at? This was at Brand X, I do believe. Okay. So we were at CrossFit Brand X and that was my first opportunity. We're outside with a group of like seven people and... You know, I I had not done it that much, and it was just, and I apparently I did it well enough to where they they gave me a shot. Um, what were the notes like? 
I don't remember. Oh, I, that's I, good. I just that's remember. Good. Yeah, it wasn't. It, <laughs> that's great. Didn't scar you. Probably, probably along the lines of, hey, you need to coach more and not just say stupid stuff. You need to slow down. They're probably you still in your file. They're probably. Yes, they're Dave, probably. They probably, probably are. Why but I, I also had done a level two. So the original level two, which is which which now grandfathers you into a level four. Mm-hmm. Like I had done the level two, which gave you the opportunity to try out for okay. the level one staff. Why were you invited to the 2010? Tahoe Throwdown. I was on the Again Faster team. Uh, so, and I was one of their higher level athletes because at the time that's where I stood in the community. Um, and they, they invited me out. It was awesome. So that's how that happened. Basically, Rogue got to pick its group mm-hmm. and Again Faster got to pick pick its group. And yes. how many athletes were on each team? Do you, do you remember? Was it like 10? Like eight, eight or 10 or something like that? Uh, solid teams. That was fun. Cool houses. Great houses. Um, tell $14 me, million dollar mansions. Yeah, yeah. They were cool. Um, tell me about the competition. Was it, was it, was the, it, was the it Tahoe intense? Throwdown? Yeah, yeah. Was it intense? Was it, um... nah, I mean, it was, it was just a bro session. It was, it was more fun to just hang out with those people. Much like, I mean, much like for me, I've never taken, I've never taken the competition so seriously that, that I, I, uh, that it, it makes it so I can't have fun. Uh, that was more about fun than anything else. It was like you had a group of people. You just rely on them. You're hoping you get picked to go head to head with somebody. And like, I mean, I get I get picked to go head to head with Spieler. You know, yeah. it's like great, cool. This is great, cool. I'm I'm, I'm happy about this. But uh, it was. What was the workout you did against Spieler? The Spieler's workout. I think it was 15 thrusters or 10 thrusters. You had to run up the hill. 135, the hill and, back, and right? then it was yeah. a hundred meter. It was like a, a 150 meter run. Oh, you dove across the finish line. Yeah, I dove. I dove like in wood chips. Didn't you hit your head on the bar or something? No, I just missed my head on the bar. Oh. And did you win that? We tied that. So like we we tied because it was literally like, we're taking it frame by frame on the thing. That's like that was amazing. It was fun. Yeah, the whole thing was great. And like it was. Was it fun for Graham Holmberg when Rich called him out? <laughs> I don't know. I was on Rich's team at the time. So oh. Rich was on again faster at that time. Right. So oh. so I, I didn't get to... So, however, I still remember Rich and Graham just bonding over the night because we, we had a party night. Like that, 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 that a night... crazy party a cr- night. Like all those athletes just just went and drank a bunch. Like, and these are guys who I've never seen drink. Like Miko Salo had a beer or something like that. And he walked out, you know, it was, it was crazy. And, uh, and those two guys, I and remember some that, people were having sex in the house. I probably, that yeah. is, that is probably the case. They're now married. Right. The people who were right. doing that. Right. So, right. uh, it, that I think it was justified at this point in time. Right. This but, was 2010. So Graham had just won and Rich had just gotten second. Yes. Is that right? Graham had just won and Rich had just gotten second. And then, the, they challenged that was the first event was like Graham Rich challenged Graham to like an overhead squat workout which is just not fair because Rich's overhead position is godlike Iron and shoulders. Graham's is not as godlike um, still a spectacular athlete just not as good in the overhead squat as Rich was at the time um, but and Rich plucked him out of the crowd for that right I think Rich just right out of the crowd yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like I'm gonna <laughs> take overhead squat I'll do Graham yeah champ. Yep. well the thing that was, was was cool was like that night when we all drank like those two were just together just broing it up as hard as they could and they were talking about yeah man I just love my wife so much and have the kids and like and they were like they were they were getting like emotional talking about how how much they cared about their significant others and stuff because they had both just gotten married oh. and got the whole thing it was pretty fun I like that mustache you had yeah you we, we, we all did ridiculous mustaches on our team um i had a handlebar for this did you see the fornicating did you have first hand 
So, um, I mean, are we supposed to bring the names out? Like, how does this work? I, I mean, I'm fine with whatever you're comfortable you, with. You bring it out, bro. I mean, you're like, just I, just, I think I'm just curious. Did you see like... the fornicating? I, like, no. God, cause, no. Because this is what I, I've heard a couple different Wait, stories. Wait, we're still talking about Graham and Rich? No. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. Um, uh, I heard that there was fornicating in the hallway and in the kitchen. I did not see either of those okay. or I've not heard that story. So my, my story is like we were just partying and then we all got pretty drunk. And then when I woke up the next morning, it was like, okay, where are these two? I can't find these two. Where are these two? They're not in their rooms. And then finally it was like, oh, they're in this room. Gotcha. Together. Okay. Oh, and it was like, do you remember on the left there, the bears, the bears? In the oh yeah. Lot? Yeah. 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 Bears. yeah. Bears came down through the parking lot and all the athletes started chasing after the bears. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> it was it was fun. I'm just like I'm not sure if this is healthy. That was fun. Head that judge. Was, head judge. That was uh the footage. How's your relationship with Adrian Bosman? It's good, man. I think Adrian and I have come a long way. Like uh I've known Adrian since his very first time on staff. Like uh, I was at his very first level 1, I believe. Um, wow. I wasn't teaching it, but I was there. And I remember being like, who's this goofy dude with blue hair? And then all of a sudden he like made it on staff and he was a high level staff member and he was doing all this stuff. And he and I are relatively the same. We're pretty close in age, but his level of maturity has always been significantly higher than mine. And his eloquence with speech has also been higher. Wait, you guys are the same age? I think he's just barely older than me. I think uh, he, he might be like two years older than me or three years yeah, older than me. I think he's older than I am. So Yeah. <clears throat> um, the, you used to play magic or something with him? Uh, no. So I still play magic. But <laughs> What uh, is that? Is that like Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, it's like Dungeons and Dragons with cards. It's uh, pretty cool. It's like Pokemon and Dungeons and Dragons together. Who do you it's play like with? a nerd game. Who do you it's play? like a nerd game. Who do you uh, play with? I'll play with my brother or other people around town. These days you can play online if you really want to. I haven't played in months, but I still think it's super fun. You don't have time for stuff like that. I don't have time for anything like that. Like I even I download like a game on my phone and I can't play it. I'm like, yeah, let me play this bubble pop game. And I'd never have time to flick on my phone and play it. What is your fastest Fran? Mine ever? Yeah. Uh, 153. And when was that? Dang. That was about a year and a half, two years ago, two years ago. Wow. Yeah. My body is made for that. It's short, short and explosive. Humble. <laughs> how, how many kids do you have, Pat? I have two. And what are their ages? I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And then what was the inspiration for the parenting podcast? And is there an, is there an end point? Like, what, is there something you're going for? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good question. And the inspiration was uh, honestly selfish. I want to talk to other parents to see what they're doing because as we get into the game, I mean, three of us are parents now, there is definitely not a way to do this correctly. Like they're, each kid's going to be totally different. Methodologies are like completely vary. And, uh, I think hearing things that other parents are doing allows me to put what I'm doing in perspective a little bit better. So my idea was to do my very best to just chat with as many people as possible and and have an open conversation about parenting. So it's less of like a how-to and more of a let's chat about what's going on because I think I think not enough people are are doing that. I think people are either assuming that they've got the shit figured out or they're just complete chaos. And I, I, 
I'm a big fan of of talking through things. I think I have it figured out. I just need like reminders. Yeah. See, yeah. but that that's great. So that's just, why you'd be great on the podcast is because like you have these <laughs> set things of like, oh, it, I think this is how it is. And I'm going to be like, yeah, well, what if that makes your kid a total jackass later in life? But doesn't right. it like, get to what? one point where you have to just pick a method like, hey, we're going to try to raise the kids like this and we're going to go with it. Um, Did you have to do that? You can do that, but there's some weird curveballs that come in. <laughs> yeah. That um. Yeah, I mean, I guess you've got to be flexible, but I mean, you can't just be like, "Oh, we're gonna do it this way, then this way, then this way." I'm speaking generically because I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think there's there's an underlying value structure you have to have, like, and it should be agreed upon between you and your spouse of like, here's what we believe in, and uh, as long as that is kind of stays the same as like, this is the general thing we're looking for. Like, I need you to be try to be good to other people. I need you to do this. The methodology for getting your kids there that's kind of fluid with where the kid's at in their growth and who the kid is in let, my mind. Uh, uh, let me give you, uh, I think, even a more grounded example. That's pretty big picture, what Pat's saying. Um, your kid does something, and you walk over to him, and you're like, hey, have you lost your fucking mind? Why are you doing that? Like he throws a rock at the TV set. And you're like, go to your room. But, and, you're, and you yell at him. Hmm. Then my wife will come over to me and be like, hey, you know what you just taught him? Like if I yelled at him for that. And I'll be like, what? And she's like, you taught him that... Um, it's okay to lose control because he just watched you lose control. Right. And it's like, oh shit, that's, God, that, damn it. that's not what you were supposed to <laughs> yeah. teach him right there. So you have to make sure, I think, that what you want to teach is actually being conveyed. That's, I think, the biggest yeah. obstacle. Yeah, so I, I guess it gets back to my question is how do you like you, training your girlfriend you have your boyfriend you got to make sure you're from that one yeah okay. yeah you have to decide a certain a path right a deep deep way that i think that you're going to react to your kid you have to decide what you believe in do you believe that your kids are gonna take on board what you do versus what you say or do you right, believe that right. beating your kids okay or do you believe that whatever it is you have to set a belief structure and that's what I think stays throughout the course of that kid's life for the most part or at um, least maybe not even set it but at least um, have some awareness of what it is beyond just being reactionary to your kid right yeah because being yes you have to have some sort of a plan um, but I think how that is administered is totally that's different. where the so like, plan's completely falling apart. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so talking that's like when you've given up and his, you just hit the road. His, yeah, God, I'm so envious of that. Savon, you made that. Yes, I did. You're a fucking stud. It's been great, man. So Savon's exact example. He can then after the fact <laughs> go in and have a conversation. It's like, so he can either sit with it and be like, okay, I fucked up next time. I won't do that. Or then he can go back and talk to his kid and be like, Hey, you know what I just did there? How I lost it on you. I'm sorry for that. And as a parent, the ability to go in and do that is really hard. Like, I'm sorry that wasn't appropriate for me to do. Here's why I did this. And you build context around that. So that's another parenting method. Like, do I, do I then have that follow-up conversation afterwards where I admit fault? Or do I consider myself as the infallible parent and move on from there? So like, these are all choices that we have to make in any one of these settings. Never, ever break the illusion that you're God. I was going to say, is that why you, <laughs> uh, right. is that why you never apologize to me, Andrew? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that, but that, but that's, that's, the, the conversation that I like to have with people is like, what are, what are we, what are we doing? What do you do in this situation? Like, how do you handle that? And, and where do you go on from there? Because I think, I think for our next generation, it's important that we have that conversation. I, I don't even need to be on Pat's podcast because now I'm going to say the second cornerstone. So the, I told you the first corner, cornerstone, make sure you know what you're teaching to your kid. Mm. Second. And the second cornerstone is follow through. 
Yeah, father is huge. You don't even know this is happening to you, but parent, kids hold their parents hostage. It's the same way like in a relationship, if you know your girlfriend's gonna react to something or your mate's gonna react to something, you might not say it even though it needs to be said because they're holding you hostage because you know their reaction's not gonna be something you wanna deal with. So like, for example, you're in line at Starbucks, your sis, kid says, can I have the chocolate milk? You say no. You Every time you say no, there's a, depending on how consistent you are, there's a 1% chance to 99% chance your kid's gonna have a fucking meltdown on you right there. Then you have to go to the next level either stop crying or I'm going to carry you out of the store. Now you've really fucking committed because if you carry him out of the store, now you ain't getting a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And he cries and you pick him up and you gently like just carry him out of the store and set him down. And fucking you lost your place in line after 15 minutes of waiting. You don't even get your coffee. You don't get your fucking coffee. You're all fucked up. But, but if you do that every time, then you start swinging the pendulum to that 1%. Mm -hmm. And then they say, can I get chocolate milk? And you're like, no, you can get whole milk. And they're like, okay, cool. But, but so many parents collapse and don't have follow through and don't have consistency or even in just relationships. Yeah. Right. Cause you start and you start to be held hostage. I don't want my, I want to take the path of least resistance. I don't want to upset my kid or they'll start avoiding Starbucks. Yeah. Right. Or there's no agreement between the parents. So it's like, yeah, you got like one parent who's doing that and the other parents who's like, yeah, whatever, have it, you know? And then, then there's no consistency there. So uh, uh, there will follow through. My, um, Haley lets the kids, um, fuck with her cell phone. I have a no cell phone policy. So like I walk in the room and the kid has my phone, the kid will be like, oh, I found this for you. You know what I mean? Like, ah, it's just, I was just coming to give this to you. Just, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, but, and, and, and I know that's not a, a profound example, but it's, it's interesting because we do, I, I, I let her, I mean, I, I make fun of her. I'm like, ah, oh, your phone's going to get fucked up. You're like, sometimes she'll go to use it and it's been locked for 15 minutes because yeah. the password's been punched in wrong so many times. Right. <laughs> but, but they're but, never going to get into your stash that you have on there, which is good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. So, but, I mean, but they are cool. They've, they, they know that, um, uh, you know, there's different rules. And he will yeah. say, hey, can I watch a movie? And I'll be like, go ask your mom. And then he'll ask his mom, and his mom will be like, um, Go ask your dad. And then he's going to be like, oh, you're fucked. You're kind of stuck in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> like no one wants to answer you. Kids are a lot smarter than you give them credit. I think like the, the, the one of the things that I've learned is like you just you, from before they can talk onward, you just treat them like they're understanding everything. Yes. And they very quickly are understanding yes. everything. And, and my kid can't even talk. And I'll be like, go do this. And he'll do it word for word, like everything that I said and, and, and pick it out. So they're smart. So um, Avi breaks your TV. You yell at him, send him to his room. Haley basically comes over and tells you that you screwed up. Right. That was an example. It didn't what's, happen like that. But What's but, your reaction um, to Haley? To tell her to shut the fuck up and I know more about parenting than she does. <laughs> yeah, good, good call. Good call. How um, long does it take you to like come back around? No, 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 when, right. when someone drops a truth on you like that, when she says, when I've yelled at him and she's come over to me and said, you just taught him it's okay to lose control. I feel horrible because I know the most uncool people in the world are people who lose control. Right. The coolest kid right. in school is always the kid who's in total fucking control and chill, unmovable, right? He moves when he wants to move. And I just taught my kid to be uncool. Like I, that's where I go. I want my kids, like Pat was talking about himself earlier. I want my kid to be likable so, so navigating the world is easy for him. But I want to set expectations super duper high because we know they're super smart. And mm -hmm. if you don't expect set expectation high, you're actually doing your kid a disservice. Yeah. I'd I rather have them fail because I've set the bar so high than set the bar low and 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's there is a fine line. It's not definitely like a structure or one way. Like you have to be expecting things out of them and having consequences if they don't come through with them. But at the same time, providing them love in the ways you need to and modeling for them what they want to see. It's like it's it's a constant game, and I think it's it's a really impactful game because it's changing the next generation of human. So that that's totally. why I started the podcast. And there's definitely not how many episodes. We're like five episodes in. And do you are you doing one a week? We're doing like one a week, yeah. Why not two a week? Well, I just don't have the production time for that. It's it's too hard to find uh, either enough parents or the time to really make it happen. What parents have you had on? Uh, we had on... We, Le- Leaf has kids. Taz and I... He's not that interesting, though. So but Taz Danielle and I... Kid. Danielle, Danielle would be great. Hey, Danielle, another on the way. Like, Danielle yeah. would be great. Uh, Danielle could be good on there. Danielle's uh, a great parent. The, uh, and she's got opinions. Can't speak for myself. The, <laughs> we had... Me and Taz interviewed each other. Then we had uh, Jared and Brittany. Uh, Jared's the owner of Cat and Cloud. Uh, and his, his wife on there. They got a cool little interesting, interesting story. We had uh, Angie and Rory on there. Uh, and then we had uh, my sister and her brother on there. He's a military guy. And have you had anyone on the show who like um, they got they they've known each other for like three three weeks and and he got her pregnant. He knocked her up and how to deal with that. I think I'm, that would be a great show. Yeah. Like getting someone pregnant like real early. Well, so my my my. I mean, Jared and Brittany had been dating for a little bit, but mm-hmm. they like it was within a year they'd. They they were like that. They had, so their their whole thing was they were young and they had the kids and now How they're working they? through it. They're now I think Brittany's still like twenty eight, twenty nine. Uh, so and, and they have a the five, five or six year old. Wow, um, oh, so that is young. Yeah. So so the deal is like for them they had to learn how to be a couple. Uh, right with kids right so they they don't even know how to be with each other they for the first time in their entire relationship they're having like alone time where they can like set up their tuesday night and they just started crossfitting so they're crossfitting full-time now and they freaking love it but they, how did you know them if they weren't crossfitting i knew them uh, i met jared just walking up and down the beach going surfing so we they we had okay. similar age kids and we just kind of met as a family and i would always go to verve when he worked there and we got to know each other and we still he became my surf buddy then he moved down south and he came back and now he was like he's been Really tight friends for for the last like five years. Is he a good CrossFitter? How's his squat? His squats his squats getting better. Um, so it sucks. No, it doesn't suck. It's just he's got <laughs> some. What's his problem? Some that he goes up on his heels or he can't leave on his, his toes. Over? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, <laughs> that's why I'm not on the L one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets make up on an his argument toes, for that. Or? I think I think he overthinks a lot of things, uh, and he got told at one point in time that his squat wasn't perfect. So now all he does is think about how his squat's not perfect. See, but, I, and I I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. Uh, parenting podcast L1 team mm-hmm. um, are you coaching any local gyms I will look, I'm not actually right now no but I, I want to start coaching a little bit at uh, CrossFit Up I think uh, they had, I, I was dropping in a, a, and subbing classes occasionally at where's Costco. CrossFit Up CrossFit Up is Midtown it's right by the Gymnastics Center you know the Santa Cruz Gymnastics Center where they have the little open is that, gym is that where is there a CrossFit Ready CrossFit Ready is right off 41st that's uh, right by discretion. Okay, right? Right. I, I get those two confused. Okay, yeah. Up is connected to Dewitt Physical Therapy, uh, so it's Ryan Dewitt, the guy who comes here and does the the adjustments for people. Have you ever owned your own CrossFit gym? I'm not. Taz owned hers in New Zealand, but I have never been an owner. I was supposed to have ownership over in the one in uh, NorCal CrossFit uh, San Jose, but after a year, uh, it didn't quite pan out to to get ownership, and I never pushed it very hard and. So I didn't. Your parents, do they CrossFit? My mom and dad have both CrossFitted. My dad does not. My mom is currently 
probably going to start back up if I do some coaching. And what? Why do they come in and out? What? What? What causes them? How old are your parents? My dad is seventy-one. Uh huh. Seventy. My mom is sixty, so she's sixty-one. She's uh, ten years younger. Cradle robber. Cradle robber. <laughs> um, but uh, the the the. How old was she when they met? Eleven she was 10. years. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, she, she, my, my mom is my father's second wife. Okay. Um, but, but, uh, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, you can. <laughs> no, it's fine. You can talk about it if you really want to, but, but my dad does, uh, he lives up in Auburn and okay. there's there, I just don't know why he doesn't cross it up there. Um, my, my mom, uh, I feel like has, I met your dad recently at the park. Probably. Great guy. But he He's lives in dude. Auburn, uh, but I met him at Blue Ball Park. Yeah, he would have. He, he, he came down to visit the kids. Yeah, he's a proud dad. Yeah. Yeah, he let me know he's your dad right away. Oh, did he? Yeah, he goes, do you do, you do CrossFit? I say, yeah, my son's Pat Barber. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of your parents are great. They're, they're they good are people. Great. Man. He was very sweet. They're super I'm making people. it sound more douchey. <laughs> there was no douchey. Like he's waving you down from across the park. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't know how he knew that you did CrossFit. I was wearing a. Cr- oh, I don't know either. <laughs> Actually, I'll, just because that he asked me if I I was wearing a game shirt, he asked me if I competed in the games. I'm oh, like, nice. You're you. like, yes, yes, I did. 2007. Okay, so. Uh, but to answer your question, why yeah, why, why, why they drifted yeah, yeah, in and out of know. of yep. going is I think they they did CrossFit to be with me. So we they always came when I was a coach. Um, and then when I was not at a place that they could go, cause I was either over the hill and my mom was in Santa Cruz or my dad moved away cause he was in Redwood city. Um, the, they just kind of fell out of it. Um, my mom just took two months off. I think she's starting back today. Nice man. It really bums me out. Where does she train? Uh, over at CrossFit Aptos. Nice. With Zach. And I know. Yeah. I see her there occasionally. Yeah. Your wife trains there. She does. Do you, and do you train there? Uh, occasionally. Do you, do you and your wife train well together? Really well. I, it's one of the, the ways that we bonded is like, I can coach her, she can coach me. I love training with her. It's it's just 10 times more fun to train. Yeah. It's just hard to do when you have kids, you know? Um, do you and your wife train well together? Um, yeah, we work out well together. It started out okay, and then the coaching doesn't go over so well anymore. I really like your glasses. Um, do you and your wife train together? Uh, rarely, but we're we're not very good with coaching each other. Let me let me go into this for a second. My wife and I train all the time together. Mm-hmm. We fucking love training together. Mm-hmm. I love training with her. But I do have one fucking crazy issue with training with her. What? Like, for instance, the other day we're training in the garage and, and, and we're taking turns. It's basically interval. We were doing some interval training. You know, mm-hmm. I do 10 burpees. She does 10 burpees. I do 10 burpees. And the second she finishes, I go. And the second I finish, she goes, right? And there's sort of this responsibility that as soon as the person finishes, you just start going, right? And the dog had let, walked out of the garage. So it's her turn to go, but she's now walked out of the garage. So now I'm getting a longer rest and I'm fucking with my stimulus, right? Yeah. And and there's always something like that where I feel more committed to it mm-hmm. than she does. Yep. But what? I mean, she's a better CrossFitter than me, so right. it's kind of hard to like get on my high horse. Yeah, I like, I like sig- that. You're fucking with my stimulus. Yeah, you're fucking with my stimulus. <laughs> right. And, and so that's only with the dog. What about when a kid walks out? So yeah, all that shit. Like she'll let things distract her. Right. That I think like, hey, we're fucking working out. Let's take this 20 minutes and be selfish as fuck. Right. Like the kids in the bouncy chair crying next to you. I'm like, ah, nah. Don't even address him. 
Right. That deuce will be fine. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Did you have this conversation with her? Oh, uh, yes. What did she say? Oh, she, it's not good. I'm not like cool about it. I'm not like, um, honey, when it's your turn, I, will you just jump in and go? Let's really allocate this time to maybe, right. maybe she should listen to this. Maybe I should rehearse it with you now. Because right. you're mid-workout. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you can't say anything kindly mid-workout. No. You're, you're out of breath. No. You're in pain. Oh, I don't not... even say it mid-workout. Yeah. I wait till like three hours later and we'll be in the kitchen and she'll be like, um, hey, could you open the trash? I want to throw this way. And she'll be carrying something heavy. I'm like, oh yeah, just like you helped me earlier when you fucking walked off in the middle of the workout. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's a really good way to run a relationship. Yeah, that seems like a pretty opportune time. <laughs> seems, seems solid. Stimulus. Takes yeah. like, it takes like two <laughs> glasses of wine. Do you have any hiccups like that? Is there is there like? But I've been in a love working out with her. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah. Like I fucking love it. I love watching her move. I love like taking turns with her. I love being at the end and we're sweaty and just laying there together. Yeah. But there is like a there's there is this theme where I feel like she's not. I, th- um, I think the only the only issue that I have <coughs> working with my wife is like every time I'm working out with her, I just can't get over how attractive she is. Oh, so I'm like, and as she's working out, she's more attractive to me. Right. So I'm like, let's stop working out. Let's make a kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So like, so like, I that's think that's awesome. that's that for me is is probably the, my biggest hiccup with working out with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should really work on that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? How'd that go over? Like competing as a team. It was great. So you're out on the competition floor. Really motiv- it's really motivating. <laughs> let's get this day I was, uh, I was like, <laughs> let's finish this workout now. No, I, I, uh, That's why you went so fast. Yeah. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Where does it go sideways with you? Um, well, it doesn't really. Like, Well, like he says, it's hard, it's hard to find time with kids to do it together. Uh, it goes sideways if we're trying to give each other tips. Hey, you should do it this way. It's more just like, hey, let's figure out the workout. Mm. And then put our heads down and go, and just like a you know, a, hey, good job, you're doing great. If you if you try to critique anything or change, how do you anything, resist? How do you resist? Like if you see her, like, like if she's doing bar, I don't I'm, think it would be that direction. I don't think he would be trying to give her tips. I think she would probably be trying to give him tips. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's been years. We've been working out together <laughs> for years, so, so we've kind of worked past that that we don't give each other. Too many if you were before. doing bar facing burpees and you saw her come off with one foot first instead of both feet at the same time, would you fucking no rep that shit? Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but he would do it after the fact, kind of like you, and he'd be like, hey, she'd be like, what was your time? Oh, yeah, but you still haven't finished your burpees. Right, you right. Know, like like that's, two days yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. Two days later. And she'd be like, what are you talking about? And then they'd have like a four-day fight about it. <laughs> These I don't, days, I don't, these I don't, days don't I don't say fight. anything because I'm just happy fight. to get a workout together. Yeah. Right. So it's like I can, I, I've learned to just shut my mouth. Speaking of that, great. Taz and I are just about to release Couples Therapy. Couples Therapy Wad. It's a couples workouts uh-huh. programmed for couples to work out in the garage, four give, workouts a week. Give me an example. The idea would be like a you go, I go workout. So a workout that the total volume sit at this and you have to hit certain sets. And it's like, the, like two days a week, it's going to be couples based or partner based workouts and then one day is going to be an individual day that you can just do with your partner and then another day is going to be an option for a strength or an endurance piece so and Matt and like, I could do it exactly. does it have to be a man and a woman it does or? not no oh, okay and the idea would be basically like you can just do it with a partner and it just makes it so you, and then there's, there'll be like a mindfulness piece in there so every week you work on this mindfulness piece or and I just thought it was a fun thing and together yeah 
like sitting back to back and not necessarily half, half Lotus. It'd and... be like maybe discuss with your partner this week how they enjoy being coached. Do they enjoy being motivated or do they, do they enjoy being actually given pointers? Do you want that this type of thing and basically prompt that discussion so it happens amongst? Would this the be people. targeted at gym CrossFit or pardon me, garage CrossFit? Yes, it'd be it'd be like garage CrossFitters or somebody who like works out at at a place where they have their freedom to do whatever they want. Have but you I, taken a course in? Um, Couples therapy, life, yeah, couples therapy, life coaching. Uh, I've been counseled for years, but no, I haven't taken a course, and I think I want to. I think it'd be cool. Do you think there's a chance this could make it worse for people? Absolutely, we're talking about how <laughs> Wait, maybe not worse, oh, but talk, like, like counsel yourself right out of the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are right on the edge, and then you start yelling at each other mid-workout, and it's just like that's it. We're Man, done. I really hate this about you. <laughs> well, but I mean, if that caused the relationship to fall apart, it's probably better now than like. Three kids deep. Way to spin oh. that. I like that. Hey, and I also think like, I mean, this is pretty self-righteous, um, but if you're not enjoying working out with your mate, it's time to fix that because that's like one of the greatest things. Like you said, like watching your mate act like a cl- – it's like having a horse versus seeing a horse run free. You know what Did I mean? Did you just compare your wife to a horse? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think I got a fair shake on this, like working out with my, my spouse. I go to a CrossFit affiliate, so I work out with my wife. I do in group classes. Yeah. Okay. It's never really one-on-one at home, so the setting's different. You know, you, no, there's not about, like that intimate you don't ever time. But you like, like that. You like that. You like I love going it. to the gym but with But what it does is it makes it so like, you know, like I'll walk past her and like brush her leg and like I'll flirt like that. Yeah. But it's not like this one-on-one intimate right. session with my wife. But you, you never go out into the garage and, and hit the assault bike and burpees with her? or Leaf stole my rower. So Sto- I don't whoa, 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 whoa. Stole. It's not like he I'm uses it. I'm storing your rower. <laughs> I can't do burpees <laughs> in my garage. I'm not going to do that. But it, I, I, I think it, 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 you don't need to have the one-on-one time in order for it to be ineffective. Like I loved classes with her. I think that's that's really fun for me too is I, I can't get motivated very well even when it's just one-on-one. So it's more just like doing it because we need to work out. Oh, so you're, you're like my wife. Like Taz wants to get at it and you'll be like texting while it's your turn? Exactly. So Jesus. that, yeah. Multitasker. So, I think so, going to a class with your spouse is even more fun. Yeah, that's what, I, I love that. And I, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to coach him. We just happen to both be coaches. I was just trying to cover myself when my wife listens to this. Does yeah. she listen to these? Love you. Yeah, and her mother listens to all of them too. Nice. Her mother, so Matt and I are actually related. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Matt's wife is sisters with my brother's fiance. Yeah. So Matt enough? and I are technically brothers. Let's whiteboard that later. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure how many years of separation there are. Do you have any pets, Pat? I have two dogs. You do. I have a long-haired miniature wiener dog. Oh, that's right. Falcor, and I have a Rocket, who is a English cocker spaniel. I used to see your dogs all the time, and oh, so you I got a wiener cock. I don't. See I got. A, I have a cock and a wiener. I have a wiener cock combined into one dog. Do you really? Yeah, that's what nice. She is. <laughs> I never see your dogs anymore. You have kids, and your dogs have just been like. Yeah, relegated to the back seat uh, or the the backyard, I should say. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah you used to be a dog person. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Falcor is incredible. He's a cool dog. He, he's dog. pretty needy. But yeah, but I think that that's part of his charm. Yeah, you know, like when you went <laughs> yeah. to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And you left was it like month, month and a half. Yeah. I mean, that dog was depressed. Yeah. I mean, it was manic. You wasn't yeah. in quarantine or something. Yeah, I re- I remember no, being sick. W- they watched him. Yeah, <sighs> he was at Lucas's house. Yeah. And I remember being sick. I was like, had some like gnarly flu or something, and that dog just like nuzzled up next to me because it was so depressed, and I was like the most depressed person in the household, and just like stayed with me for like three days. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> How long did you have the dog? Uh, I think it was a month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half. Oh, I, I think I offered to watch your dog. 
When? When you went away for that time. Oh, not this next time? No, not oh. this next time. Last time. Yeah. I maybe. think there was I think there well, was that, a time. That was, there was a t- that was a long that was like 2009. Yeah, years ago whenever I offered or 2010, sorry. Oh, there was a time I offered to watch your dog. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Um on a final note. Yeah. Uh, Gary Roberts came in today and he saw one of the staff members' dogs come into my fucking podcast studio <laughs> slash office and fucking piss on my carpet. Oh, that sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. It was Carrie Peterson. He's a dear, dear friend of mine. Did you? Did you? He doesn't know yet. Oh. Wasn't man. this like a month ago? And No. When was this, Eric? Yeah. Oh, it was. Are That's you the fucking thing. kidding me? It wasn't Gary, this morning. I, I, I no, feel no, like two Gary, weeks is beyond the statute of limitations. That's yeah, Gary dogs. wouldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, you can't get mad at that. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> hey, but, hey, call Gary in here. Hey, I was going to say, I don't like the rug. I told you why earlier I'm not a big fan I don't fan like of the it. rug it either. Great for but, sound, but yeah, it's for sound. Yeah, and but I'm afraid to touch it. Gary, Gary, can you come in here a second? Gary. Hey, if, 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 if you sat out there and you saw someone's dog pee in here, wouldn't you tell me the same day? Yeah. You saw the dog pee in here two weeks ago? Uh, yes, sir. When were you going <laughs> to tell me that? I told Eric. No, no, we don't need you long. Just enough to yell at you. Don't get too care. Just talking to the mic. Well, I was sitting right there. No, no, the mic's still a foot from your mouth. I was sitting right there. The door was cracked open. The dog walked in like he was on a mission. He didn't sniff around. He went like this. Do, 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 do. Right under where your feet goes. And he lifted up a leg and he peed. And I was like, okay, whose dog is this? So I went into the kitchen to try to find somebody to report. I said, I feel bad. I'm turning in this dog. But I saw him pee over there, and I don't know whose it is. And then Carrie, and were you there? So oh, I, Carrie knows oh too. Husband. So I told like Carrie knows that his dog peed in my office. Yeah, why well, he made I made him come clean. I didn't make him. I said, "Can you clean up his mess?" So he came in with. This isn't the kind of carpet you can even clean. Weren't no, you barefoot the other day after your workout? Happened. Weren't you doing burpees there? So, recently. <laughs> can was, you smell dog piss when you walk in here? Do you smell dog piss? I don't actually. So he sprayed some stuff and he dampened it, but I. I mentioned to everyone that was here, so I... Brother, I, I, I think you should have grabbed your phone and texted me. I'm sorry. Carrie Peterson's dog just pissed in your office. I, I, re- I mean, I would tell you. I'm sorry. Yesterday, I found I, out Tom had a party last weekend. I wasn't invited. Now I find out a dog pissed in my... I mean, you dressed up as me as Halloween. I am for sorry. I, I reported it to whoever was here because I didn't know what to do. How many you reported you to? I love that you said you went to turn them in. Like you took them to the police <laughs> At station. Least two. Where'd well, you take them? Because, because one dog doesn't pee, right? If I, I think at least two dogs are pissed in here. Do you think it's um, irrational? Me, I'm going to get rid of this carpet. I think it's irrational. Irrational? Yeah. Oh. If it doesn't I'm smell still bad, do no it. Way. I, no way. Eric, it's not irrational. How come Eric's no, not equally no. to blame? Oh, didn't he know? Anyways, I apologize. I think that's why the audio has been screwed up. He pissed on the wire. Yeah, this, this rug. <laughs> okay, Gary, you're dismissed. How's the weight loss coming? It's going great, thank you. You beat me in the workout yesterday. No, yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. you kind of gave up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my God. Hey, did you guys see that Elijah Muhammad did the CrossFit wad from uh, last week? Which but one? The sumo deadlift high pulls and the handstand pushes. Did he beat you? No, I think Tom beat him. He got like I think Easy only got like eight rounds. I thought you beat Tom. Yeah, I did, but Tom Tom beat him too. You got thirteen rounds. You probably kipped. Twelve. You probably kipped. No, strict. I got five rounds. It's probably because Haley was texting. Probably. <laughs> All right, Pat. Yeah. To we address some good good issues that you wanted to totally man. Do you feel wiser? 
I feel wiser. I mean, I feel like I feel like weights off my chest. Awesome. I really like the life lessons with Matt thing about kids. I feel like I learned a lot there. <laughs> we had the affiliate cup this year. Yes. All the affiliates in Santa Cruz showed up. Yeah. It was huge. Was awesome cool. festivity. Yes. At the end of the day, there was a, um, they anointed one team the champion. Mm-hmm. Then the following day, they realized there was a scoring error and that it was actually a tie. No way. Yes. So it's the team Matt was on and the team Andy Sakamoto is on tied. What? I think it's fucking bullshit that they tied and that they should either the team should come back together and compete yep. for one final event somewhere. Yep. Or it should be like in Troy, they should send out their best dude and or chick and we'll send out our best dude and chick and Boagrius. Yeah. 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 And let them, Fight to and the let death. them hit. so you don't you're not cool to tie either. No, not at all. I think they should have to the same teams compete in the liftoff. CrossFit liftoff together, and then the the combined scores of that, the winner of the liftoff wins. Wow! Because that way, it's it because that that event didn't have much of that that heavy, so it could expose that. Matt, are you comfortable proposing there. that? Uh, you know, I'm just happy being mentioned in the same sentence as Andy Sakamoto. Oh, oh, Matt was very pissed. Yeah, I think Matt said he'd rather lose and take sec- or rather take second than be. He wanted tie. to just Rochambeau and lose, right? I just wanted a decision to be made. I think a decision should be I think, made, and I, I think, think it should it be done in the liftoff. That's a great idea. Apathy. It is a great idea. It would be better to do it on the podcast. Uh, have them compete downstairs in the podcast? Something. Oh, okay. These are two great ideas. Mm. Do we have the ability to do the podcast outside? All right. But Matt won't be able to co-host. Yeah. Okay, what's the name of your family podcast? Family podcast is The Tribe Life. The Tribe Life. There's five episodes. You, uh, won't, you won't let us down and you'll put out one a week? I will put out one a week. Okay. Yeah, as we travel around the world. I'm going to begin listening. Thanks, man. Okay. Give me your tips. Give you my tip? Yeah, that was what I was hoping for. Appreciate that, Zavon. Thanks for that. Pat. <laughs>